New on Curiosity Stream. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. Tycoons are in many ways the lifeblood of society. They are willing to put everything out there. They're willing to lose everything. See how the super elite use their money and power to shape our lives on Tycoons. Plus, from Japan's unbreakable super code to the algorithm mining your Bitcoin, we're breaking down the world's most famous encryptions on cracking the code. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. to rock. I'm rocking. I am rocking. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Daryl. Good to see you. Look at us. Captain Consistencies, eh? We are so consistent. It's it's scary for me. It's almost like we enjoy uh, we enjoy talking to each other. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Yeah, that's great. It's nice. We try to avoid all the conversations during the week. We had we had a quick one you know, this week, midweek, you the, know, but the uh, whole okay. time we were having it, I was like, ah, oh, like we shouldn't be doing this. This we is good stuff. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay. What's, what's going on with you? The, the, um, schooling, all that kind of stuff. My son started school this week. How'd that go? Pretty good. No yeah. complaints. They were, uh, he's complaining, I should say, <laughs> but no one complained about him, which is really all I worry about. He's complaining because <laughs> they're in pods at school and recess time is, segregated and all that kind of stuff right so my partner he was telling me uh his kid goes to private school and so each desk has like plexiglass shield around each individual desk yeah and he said that's like uh it's like herding um like cattle outside at recess they've got a whole bunch of like temporary fencing to segregate the different grades and classes outside yeah he's like it's like a concentration camp i know it's a It's it's a jewish school (laughs) <laughs> well, it's it's just I guess they're to you know reinforce their position that they're trying to protect the kids. I also felt because the teacher called me that she was very adamant about protecting herself, which I think is good. She she was very clear with me there, that the TDSB guidelines were were not her minimum standard. She yeah. was saying no, this is how it's going to be in my class. Oh, good. I told her I respected that, and I'm not here to tell her what how to do her job. And I get it. Yeah, I'd be nervous too if I was a teacher. Well, you you would, but a lot of people wouldn't, right? It's a, it's really weird. Like we go to, I still take my son to baseball against my better judgment, and uh, like the rest of the parents are sitting all huddled up, close together. Like the kids are running around playing football and tackling each other, and it's like, it. When I was my my daughter's hockey team manager, I would always say to the coach, like. You can tell how the kids are going to be by talking to the parents, right? And it always trickles down. So when the parents don't take things seriously, the kids can't. And then that mm-hmm. that that festers into the school system, right? Because the kids are not going to school going like, hey, like this is so great. I feel comfortable and protected. I'm going to wear my mask to, to make sure I'm safe and everybody around me is safe. They're like, hey, <laughs> got your mask. Got your mask. Right. <laughs> I told my son if I get a call from home that says he's doing anything like funny mask business, I'm like, the computer games are over. You know, I don't want to get a call saying Connor's taking masks off people's faces or whatever. Right. So it's a double-edged sword, though, taking away the screen time, because there's only one replacement these days for screen time. What's that? Dad time, or mom right. time, great. right? Which is, which is great, but sometimes yeah. it's not. Uh, I took him golfing yesterday just to reinforce that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm going to take my son to the batting cages, I think, tomorrow. I think today yeah. we're going to go do one of our uh, drive up north and find a place to have a, a picnic days. Nice. I think those are over after today. Yeah, I, I we're, said we're, I, we're planning on doing something similar, probably in the city, though. But it's crazy. I mean, the good news is, is that all these people that don't think it's in their best interest to kind of protect themselves or what's keeping the economy going well the numbers are going up daryl i don't know if you noticed this week which ones we which numbers limits. oh well there's the all kinds of numbers going up that <laughs> the number of cases so yeah gathering limits which i was I those was like, went down the first, the first i heard of it yeah those went went down but i mean because of the numbers gathering limits 
I thought, oh my gosh, what about the gyms? What about the restaurants? What about all these places where people need to have more than 10 people in one building at the same time? I said, no, but no, that's, uh, you know, it's a smart thing. If people are out there and they're having gatherings at home and everyone's like, oh, we're inside, we're in a private residence, we don't need to wear masks, then yeah, more than 10 people is, is probably a little reckless right now at this point in time. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would argue that it was probably not a good idea when they implemented it originally. Sure. But, but uh, at, the end, at the end of the day, that's, that's, what it was necessary. Were. Like I can see it. I mean, people are going crazy, like murders are up in Toronto and stabbings are up in Toronto and all kinds of crazy crimes are up in Toronto right now to like mm-hmm. some pretty scary levels. But, uh, yeah. I guess the good news is, is the real estate market is like still chugging along like a Whoa, mother. What a segue. Look at that. Whoa, eh? Master narrator. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, real estate. I mean, well, there's a lot what of, a, what there's a lot of, again this week? yeah, you know, I was, Booming. I was thinking this morning, like, wow, what an exciting week in real estate, but I can't really point to anything specific that happened. I mean, there's well, that's all- why you got me here. Thank God I have you here because otherwise think, it'd just be like a clown show. <laughs> I think uh, I think the school just affected stuff, right? So we saw a little bit of a lull, but you know I got a sale this week of something that uh, you know had been sitting for a little while. It was a it was a new build that was in an area that doesn't have a lot of new builds, so it took a little longer to sell, and that finally came to uh, fruition. Um, I saw a lot of activity on uh, listings this week that I was out seeing on our team. We had. 200,000, 275,000 over asking, 200,000 over asking, 100 and something thousand over asking, like everything was just going gangbusters um, all throughout the core and and other parts of the city. Uh, So definitely lots of activities, lots of showings. I think the one we had is 22 showings on one, 22 offers, sorry, on one. 22 offers. uh, That's what I was going to ask you. Like it only takes a couple of offers to drive the price up, but 22 is much better. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So yeah, there's definitely there's definitely activity. People are back, and I'm seeing that too because I'm getting calls now from buyers who I was working with before who were kind of on the fence. COVID was slowing them down, whatever, and now they're aggressively like, okay, this property came up, let's go see it. Oh, there's another one. Like they're they're very active right now, and that's always a good sign. That's when you start seeing yeah, markets I, changing again. I was telling you also from my perspective, like I felt this week like things were opening up a little bit. I had a couple of things happen on my end that were. Uh, not happening before mm-hmm. uh like a lot more interest in in the property and more importantly my financing decided we're, we're back hello yeah yeah we, there's a lot of there's a lot more confidence you know so there's 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 going to be a lot of changes like i that think so and I, I don't know that it's necessarily confidence from the real economy that's happening like there's a lot of shenanigans going in going on in the background that are allowing this thing to kind of keep the momentum it had before the pandemic i mean really by all stretches of the imagination the market really should have crashed but it didn't because there's a lot of extra money out there right which yeah i mean i would like to get into at some point just talking about inflation and and all this monetary policy but i know you are very interested in let's get into that i mean uh you know, there's definitely, there's definitely, I mean, $5 billion a month of the government buying bonds. Oh, is it a is month? I think it's a week. I think it's a month. We should fact check our, uh, our uh, comments here, you know, or else we'll be having retractions, retraction statements on online. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to be putting out there um, for the government because of how much stimulus is being brought forward but it's also just printing a lot more money in the in the as of the canadian dollars five be circulated five billion per week five billion per week per week thank you daryl five billion per week so 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 we've talked about it a few times and and i watched a video i think yesterday or the day before and, and and what i've been saying since i think the inception of this show is that what's happening right now is that as long as we keep pace with the United States devaluation of their currency, as long as we pump money into the system and the rest of the world pumps money into their systems um, at a proportionate level to at least the United States, because that's like the, um, the currency that everything is, is pegged against, right? Sure. It's our biggest trade partner too, which is important. 
where we're getting a lot of the stuff that people are buying. I, I, that, that, that's definitely a factor, but I think what's most important for at least what I'm trying to uh, uh, get across here is that we our, our currency can't go down. We can't really devalue our currency in the world market if everybody else is pumping money into the system, right? And, and we also know in Canada that it's not a good thing if our dollar gets too strong against the US dollar too, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, we need to one, maintain our economy and two, keep pace with the states who, I mean, if we're printing or if we're pumping in $5 billion a week, I mean, the, the numbers in the states are just staggering right? It's going to be hard to keep pace with that. But that's what has to happen. And, and what's beautiful about that, from our perspective, um, mm-hmm. is that really, I mean, there's, there's one safe haven right now, if you want to increase your wealth or not lose your buying power uh, from the dollar getting just constantly uh, uh, increased like the supply is just constantly being increased of money out there chasing the exact same goods right and so real estate um, is, is is stable because what happens when when you pump the, the the system full of money inflation happens whether they admit it or not inflation is happening like crazy and what happens is the prices of real estate goes crazy, right? And we see this already. And I mean, this has been happening since 2001, really, but like really heavily since 2007, eight, nine, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why we've continued along this, this amazing path. And, and what we have going on here in Canada is not only are we inflating the, 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 the crisis and the debt away, um, we're, 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 well, anyways, do you what do you think about what I'm saying there? Yeah, I, I agree. I think when they look at the consumer price index, the cost of goods are going up, and unfortunately, people's incomes aren't going up, and that's my concern with inflation. Well, so, uh, yeah, and I then, mean, the value of the of the currency is always is always a big deal. But you know, I think on the ground level, with people who are actual consumers, who are actually you know you know look like renters and you know first-time buyers and, and, and people and, and retirees and stuff like that whose incomes are not going to be increasing uh, or significantly with inflation over the next 10 20 years um, my concern is just how, how much more money how much more can they afford right and this may push them to never be able to get into the housing market so it's going in a direction that uh, may not, it may not be it's it's inevitable right but it, it, it's definitely a direction that I think we want to try to avoid and that the Bank of Canada is going to do everything they can to avoid so that the dream of home ownership is is realized for as many Canadians as possible. Well, I think it's it's the new Canadians that can afford to buy into this economy. The the people that were born here are getting inflated out of the out of the market, right? And they're I mean, they're either going to have to turn into renters or they're going to have to move further away, but it's the people that are chasing the American or Canadian dream now, right? Because, I mean, if, if everybody wants, if people want to move and their choices, you know, they're coming from a third world country and they have money and they want to move, I mean, what are the best choices right now? Most people would have pointed to the States, but the States doesn't want anybody anymore, right? And everybody's afraid of the States. So Canada's at a discount because our dollar is like 70% of the US dollar, right? We have lax immigration. We want people to come in. We almost, you know, we give people incentives to move here, right? And those are the people that have the money to buy this real estate or the investors that are just looking for a safe haven, right, mm-hmm. for their money. And that's going to increase. I mean, people, I think, think that that will decrease. But, I mean, I, I've talked to other people and they're saying that uh, outside money is coming in like crazy again. And just mm-hmm. looking for places to go. Thanks, buddy. Sorry, Daryl. No problem. Over here, bud. Connor, thanks. Close the door behind you. There you go. Halfway through. So I, th- um, I think this thing is going to go absolutely insane. Yeah. So, I, it, it's um, got no other way to go. And then so... Yeah, the thing about inflation that the government likes... Right? Is it's their um, it's their bailout fifty years from now, right? Because paying off this debt of five billion dollars a week with money 
in 50 years from now. It's not even a, it's not even a, no, but it's not even an idea. They're never planning on paying this off. They can't. But the thing about it is the the interest that they're paying off in the future, right? So right now, if they're borrowing, uh, you know, $50 billion, well, 50 50 billion, $50 billion of today's money is, is $50 billion. But in 50 years, right, right, right. $50 billion is going to be like, you know, probably somebody's wages or something like that. One sure, of the top levels CEOs. Well, because they're <laughs> so, going to keep printing more and more and more. And that's the thing. That's you can't, you can't so end this thing. Long-term debt, right? Which is why the government has no issue taking on debt. They it's have not necessarily to. because they're going to hang on to the debt forever. It just becomes cheaper and cheaper to service year over year over year as inflation rises. Well, so you brought up the CPI, which I've been studying uh, a lot the last few days, trying to understand it really. And I think they make it a little trickier to understand uh, than they should. But basically, the CPI is a load of horse crap. Yeah, well, explain. Tell me. Well, I mean, they have energy, food, uh, shelter, uh, clothing. They, I mean, they have all the stuff that we buy regularly, right? Which we've talked about a few times. I mean... I don't know of anything that has stayed stagnant in price. Do you? Um, no, not, not off the, I guess gas. Gas is the only thing that has yeah. gone down, right? On this whole list that I can see. I mean, so, so, so. The only reason gas is even close to the same price now is because there's more tax in it. But if, if the tax increase, carbon taxes and all that kind of stuff weren't at play, gas would actually be a lot cheaper right now. I, I just, I can't figure out how from the um, the items that are in this basket that they use to, to, to gauge the CPI, how there isn't, like they're saying that they are not even hitting their 2%, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, the CPI is like the stock market. It's completely fixed. They, they, they make it a little confusing. So nobody like looks into it or even gives a crap about it. They say they're not hitting their benchmarks so that they can keep pumping money in the system because if they... The, the alternative is deflation, and deflation did is we, really bad. Did we just uncover a conspiracy? No, it's been there all the all along. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. That makes sense. It, it, no, but that's it's not even uh, a conspiracy. Like, it, 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 it is how it is. Because, this, listen, the, 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 they cannot allow a contraction. It destroys the whole system. I mean... Look at what's happening right now, and people are—people are dying, people are murdering people, people are going crazy. Like this is not good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 things seemingly are still kind of chugging along. I mean, imagine if the real estate market crashed on top of all this other stuff. It would yeah, be that would crazy, be a huge crazy. Issue. crazy. Yeah. So they can't let it happen. Which means the, there's only one way out of this mess, the way the current system is. And the current system is way too big and uh, uh, integrated into everything to change. So it's like this thing will just get inflated, inflated, inflated until there's no end in sight and everything it collapses like everywhere else where that happens. So what you're saying is the real estate market's going to continue to rise? For years and years and years. Listen, it's going to be what like about, Zimbabwe. What about all who say no? Who? Who's saying no? What about all the people who are saying it's time to crash? Go on YouTube. You can find 100 oh, videos. Oh, sure. But then they're, 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 but they have no reasons. They just say it's going to crash. I mean, listen, I started working in this industry in like 1990-something, late 90s, okay? And we, I used to work in a lumber yard. And we would pump out so much lumber and it was just crazy. And we would always say, when is this going to end? When is this going to end? This has been going like 20 years. It's like going, going, going with a couple of little blips, but just going like crazy. And it never really ended. We just had a couple of little blips. Mm -hmm. It just keeps chugging along, chugging along because they just keep printing money. And we, we understand that like when you print money, assets go up. Like what else is going to happen? Right. Because there's only so many houses and there's this mm-hmm. much more money chasing those few houses. So what happens? People need the houses. It's not yeah. like an option. Right. It's like, what should I live inside or outside this year? 
Like this is not a choice, There's no right? Option. There's not yeah. really an option. No good option. So it's like how many how many of your friends are homeless? Um today. I, I don't believe any. None of them. Okay, yeah. None of mine are either. Um So where does everybody live? Inside. Inside. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. What an idea. And somebody an idea. owns that thing. And so right now there's a certain amount of houses and we have a certain amount that are vacant and, and there's a 90 plus percent are occupied. The ones that are vacant, I think for the most part are vacant, you know, because of the pandemic or on purpose. Okay. So there's vacancies, right? But right now there's a certain amount of people leaving the GTA because we're talking about the Toronto market and there's a certain amount of people coming into the GTA, Right. Where are all those people going to live? Exactly. Right now, if all the houses are taken and we only have a small percentage vacant, where are all the people going to live, Daryl? Because I don't know any homeless people. You don't know any homeless people. So I don't, I'm assuming that all these people coming to Toronto, they don't want to be homeless. Well, actually, right now in Toronto or most places, being homeless is a luxury lifestyle where you get a free um, uh, hotel stay. uh, (laughs) You get a room in a hotel now. This is great. So... Maybe I do have some friends that are homeless and I just can't Maybe tell right now. Take advantage. But you know what I mean, right? Sure. So it's like everyone talks about, you know, the market going down and this is what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, if everyone needs a place to live and they all got to, you know, pay for that cost, whether it be a rental or a home uh, or an ownership uh, situation, yeah. at the end of the day, the, the market will continue to, to carry on. It has And until to. people are either okay with being homeless, right? In, in Toronto, where it's like minus two already today or we have way more houses than we need that is when the market is going to tank that's that's the point that we we need to be concerned about so right so 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 why don't we look at those two factors well so this is a this is obviously a beautiful segue into the fact that we are short a lot of housing units okay and we went into the pandemic i mean i haven't heard anybody talking about it for a while but we went into this thing in a full-blown housing crisis mm-hmm. rental side ownership side right yep. both sides there was nowhere close to enough supply to meet the demand and then all of a sudden we had a pandemic we slowed down and then it went kaboom again right and so if before the pandemic and i don't remember the numbers for some reason in my head, I have 140,000 buying groups that were coming into Ontario every single year. Okay. okay? And they need a place to live. And mm-hmm. if I remember, and I could be wrong, but somewhere between 40 and 50,000 units is the most that we've ever put on the market in Toronto. I don't know about Ontario, but I mean, other than Toronto, I mean, there's not too much else going on in Ontario to be, to be realistic, right? So whatever the total was, let's just say it was, we had 130 buying groups, 130,000 buying groups coming in. We had 50, 60, 80,000 units that got completed. There's a shortfall, right? Whatever the number is, it doesn't even matter right now. Every fucking year we've had a shortfall of supply against the demand that, that, that was there, right? 40,000 40, units per year is what the demand for rental housing was. That's just rental. And right. we were producing like 3,000 a year. Like We had two and 200,000 people in each of the last two years um, coming into Ontario, well, and that's mostly an, in the GTA. And that's an important number, actually. And we talked about it the other day because 200,000 is like at least 40% more than they anticipated, right? Yeah. So this is the Federal of Rental Housing Providers of Ontario uh, study that they did. And that they, this is what the article that we're talking about is. Right. And, uh, for and, listening. and the main and game changer. And what was, so the main point was that we are short. What was it? 200,000 net. By what year? By 2031. By 2031. So in 10 years. In the next 10 years, roughly, we're still going to be short 200,000 units and we need to find a way to be able to create them. And this is assuming, I think the, the report takes into account that immigration will have slowed for a couple of years and then start going back to a normal pace over the timeline. Uh, it, no, it took into account at the end of 2019. So at the rate that we were at. So yeah, sure, there's going to be some slow um, return to the immigration side. But also, there's been a huge uh, break in the supply side. 
Uh, actually, well, I have an article here that's talking about busiest month in home construction for builders like of all time. What would have been like? What would have been like for new starts if the pandemic had not occurred? Well, we lost three months of people saying, I'm going to start making new applications. I'm going to start buying land. I'm going to start thinking about what I can do. Sure. Because we lost three months, right? Well, and it makes sense that we had the busiest month in home construction. We've had the busiest market of all time. I mean, that, 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 that construction that's being built now is not from today's demand. This is no, from a few not. years ago, right? That's what I mean. So, so, so new starts. How many new starts are we going to lose in five years from now because of the delay from COVID? Two, three, four years from now, even sooner, right? And and yeah. and immigration will open up. It's already opening up. We've got thirteen thousand six hundred and forty-five immigrants in July nineteen uh, twenty. Yeah, there's still people getting their their PR cards and stuff. There's still things happening. There's still people going over the borders. You just can't drive over the border. I don't even think you can not like, I think so, you can drive over the border if you have the right story. There you go. But, but so immigration is way down and we're still letting people into the country. So it's, it's not crazy. Like and everybody's like, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. I, I can't believe the numbers are going up. This is, yeah. this is crazy. Uh, well, uh, meanwhile, you have to, you have to like stop your statement because the plane's flying overhead. Yeah. Oh, hold, hold on one second. I don't know why this is going on. <laughs> Hold on. Anyways, so 200,000 units short just in rentals by 2031. So yeah. um, I'm not an economist and I don't profess to be one, but I think prices should go up as a result of that shortage. Well, let's talk about how we are meeting the rental demand. What's the what's the number one way that people have been meeting the, the rental demand right. prior to the rent control being um, removed back in 2018? Yeah, so in the 90s, the years, it's been, in the 90s, they switched from building rental, purpose-built rental built. buildings, and they yeah. switched to building condos. And what happened is all the investors came in to buy the condos to rent them out. So. Uh, I don't know what the split is in a condo, but I'd bet at least 50% of them are investor owned and rented out to people that, I mean, they had to live somewhere. So right? CMHG estimates that 50% newly completed condos in Toronto are used as rentals compared to one third Boom! share of the overall stock. I didn't read the article. New, I didn't new, read new, that thing. New completed condos, 50%, but the overall stock of condos, one third. Overall stock so of condos. We're trending towards more rentals than we uh, were, were in the past. That's what they're saying. Yeah, because what, 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 where else are they going to live, the renters? And, and we're, we're having, we've talked about it before, like people have to shift to being renters. I mean, home ownership in Toronto is way out of reach for a lot of people now. So mm -hmm. everything just spells increases in rent prices even though every article right now talks about rents going down 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 rents in toronto drop 10 percent. blah 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 this is gonna explode again because how many does it say how many actual units we're building per year finishing i mean there's only units, like th there's only thirteen thousand uh uh units in construction Co well uh rental rental purpose built Excuse me, purpose-built rental. I mean, there's only... There's 9,443 rental apartments started construction in 2019. That's 14% higher than 2018. Highest annual recorded since 1992. And um, there's 66,000 rental apartment units officially submitted for development in the GTA in the end of 2019. Okay, hold and on, hold on, hold on. 50% higher than there was a year uh, before. Right. And doubling the average in the past three years. So obviously the 2018 rent control lift is a, a major contributor. So now we're going to start seeing more purpose-built. Uh, well, rent there's a couple of contributors. So one, um, yeah, the, 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 the price increase or the rent increase uh, or being allowed to increase your rents on a new building, that is a huge factor. But I think a, a, another big factor is all of these pension funds and REITs and all these companies that are out there with gigantic money and yeah, not sure where to throw and, it. Right. And yeah. they're all leaving retail and commercial. I mean, what's the next logical step? Uh, yeah. You see companies like Starlight. I mean, they're buying up 
everything. They know, they see what's going to happen here. They're buying yep. anything they can. It looks to me like every deal, as long as it's like between 250000 to $290,000 per door, they're buying that building. Yeah. And they're spending billions and billions of dollars buying up all these buildings all over the place because there's no, there, I don't know what would stop this rental machine on top of the fact that people can't afford to buy anymore. So like if you want to live in Toronto and you want to have the Canadian dream, whatever the hell that is, mm -hmm. I mean, where are you going to move? Even if so, you, so I think the, the factor that's going to stop it is, is what's been stopping it. And that is the red tape, right? So finding the land, getting approvals done. I mean, 19% of proposed purpose-built rentals were approved. 19%. 19%. And over how long a period? Like you just said, there's 60,000 uh, uh, apartment units, rental units in for application right now. And that's yeah, at so various that's stages. That's, 2019. But that's not just new ones from 2019. That's the total in 2019. And so what that means mm -hmm. is there's stuff in there from 2012 still that they're still trying to exactly. figure out how to get so, exactly. uh, permits, right? Yeah, so, exactly. so, so it's not like 60,000 units are going to all of a sudden come online. Like we see right now, this year there's 13 or 9,000 in construction. Next year there'll be dependent on the labor that's available, you know, is it, is it going to be more beneficial to build this condo for the guy, for the labor? Or are they going to go to this rental building or well, is, is there a rent, is there a pool of, of labor that can handle this ever? Like, well, let's look at the, um, the numbers. So they're talking about 50% of people are willing to buy a condo and rent it out. 50% of what people? 50% of the buyers who are buying the pre-construction condos right now are looking to rent them out. That's when the, the new construction number is 50%. The number you predicted with your savvy yes. know-how. With my right? market knowledge. Market knowledge, right? You just you just know the numbers without even looking at them. Boom. Now, think about it this way. How many of those people with 20% down, the, the minimum down payment for a conventional mortgage and the minimum deposit for the pre-construction contract are going to have positive cash flow? Mm, with 20% down zero. Yeah, zero, zero. So right now it's already at negative cash flow. How many more people in the future over the next 10 years, how many of these condo investors are going to continue to do this? Can we rely on them over the next 10 years to continue to buy these rising condos at these prices yeah. with the rent that can't keep pace to continue to lose money based on speculation on a future uh i, I think we know? can only because you don't we can have rely on them to at the same rates no way you can't i think you can rely on well okay there's two things that are the gonna rate will decrease. the rate will decrease but there's also um i think a lot more people that are going to be renting right sure is that going to drive rents up enough to go back into positive cash flow or something closer to breaking even? I don't I don't think it's going to be enough. No, but I the, think rent, I think rent it, and prices of condos have been keeping pace. But but 20% is not a mandate. So people from uh, wherever that are trying to hide their money will just put more money in the deal or they okay. don't even give a shit that it's negative. But right now those people could buy five condos sure. and in Six years from now, they're going to buy two with the same amount of money. Sure. So I don't believe that the... Well, but there's so a lot of people that are going to buy condos to live in themselves now too. Like that's going to... 50% of them are. Right. 50%. So if that now uh, goes to 55, 60% more, those people will be living in there for themselves, which is fine. Nothing yeah, wrong with that. Yeah. But there's going to be less of a rental supply, which means there's going to be pressure on places. Because again, you and I, this is just a two-person study, don't know any homeless people. Yeah who want to be homeless and are staying homeless for, for uh, indefinite periods. The right? average amount of homeless people the two of us know is zero. Yeah, is zero. It's on, on all the, on all the so, studies that we've researched. So, but if zero. I meet someone tomorrow, the headline yeah. will be 100% increase, increase in the amount in of people, people that Daryl and TK know that are homeless, <laughs> right? There you go. We know how to manipulate the numbers. Look at us. So again, that's... That's a huge point, right? So where are all those people going to live? They need the purpose-built rentals because it guarantees that all those units on that land, there's only so much land that can be developed. There's only so much land that people are willing to sell. There's only so much land that can accommodate the density. There's only so much land that's going to be uh, you know, viable for transit and schooling and jobs and all that kind of stuff, right? 
And if they continue to go to condos, we're going to lose, we're going to have less rentals available for people. So more of them need to be headed in the purpose-built rental direction in order for this um, this uh, shortfall to be maintained. It's actually going to get worse, worse if we have less purpose-built rentals and more condominiums. That number will get worse. Instead of 200,000 net uh, uh, shortfall, we're, we could have even a greater number. There'll be even less. It will be a, less. A, and and 200,000 yeah. is already more than the report would have shown you probably three years ago. Right. So the last study they did was in 2017. It's it's double. So they looked at <laughs> well, what pace are we at? And they were thinking after 10 years we're gonna have a hundred thousand. I think it was 110,000 units shortfall. So we'll be about 11,000 per year. So and why do we any of us? Why do we even listen to these idiots? Like why does anybody read this crap? It, it's just such horseshit. It, it, it's it's so easy to just say, okay, we don't have enough for everybody. And yeah. we still want tons of people to come in. Like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Prices will go up. Demand is definitely going to go up. Immigration will go up like crazy in, in Toronto. So labor, labor will go down. So hold on a sec. Right now, I, I watched this unbelievable video yesterday. And and he what he, the guy was talking about is... Um, Technology is um, deflationary um, by default. It, it, technology is here to make things more efficient and less expensive, right? Yeah. Um, but the economy wants to be inflationary to keep going up, right? So, like, how do you manage that when all this technology is coming online? So, so the reason I'm saying this is there's no way that there's enough labor that's skilled enough Human to meet resources. this demand, right? So yeah. even if the builders got more permits, like, who's building this stuff, right? So what yeah. – I promise you what has to happen is the robots are coming, right? The, 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 the machines to build the inside the factories are – it's going to have to happen. They have to figure out ways to keep production going and costs down. It's inevitable, Right. Sure. So, so if if a builder has permits and can't find someone to build it, what, prefabricated apartment buildings. More. Listen, it's all over the world. It's just not here. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. Prefab, and they've got, yeah. you know, like three D printers building houses with concrete, and they've got yeah. they've got so many technologies right now that have to start coming into Toronto because the prices are just so crazy. So it used to be that people would think, oh, this is prefab. This is garbage. But like, it doesn't even make sense, the argument, right? Mm -hmm. it, something that's prefabricated is built like with precision by like robots and yeah. computers. Jap Japanese, very, 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 uh, you know, on top of that kind of stuff. They've it's, been doing it for years. It's amazing. So, so yeah. I mean, this is what's going to happen is prices are going to be trying to come down while the economy and the inflationary like policies are going to keep pushing the prices up and it's like this crazy weirdness where like i don't even know how it ends all i know is that prices have to keep going up because there's not even enough robots let me add to that point let me add to that point so we agree that there's only so much land that can be built on we agree that there's only so many projects that the labor force can handle we agree that we need to step away from the condos because of the investors are no longer going to be able to be willing to rent out or able to rent out their units. So we have to go more in the direction of purpose-built uh, condo or purpose-built apartment buildings. So therefore, because there's only going to be so much land, if more are going towards purpose-built, it'll actually take away some of the supply in the future of condos for people to buy and to live in, which will create a stronger uh, market because of the lack of supply right now it seems like oh my god we have so many cranes oh my gosh there's so many buildings going up but at the rates that we need to maintain in order to be able to um you know keep keep people off the streets we actually don't have enough don't have enough and we talk like toronto's got the most cranes in the world but we have yeah. half the cranes we need to meet demand yeah. Right. So those forget about land, cranes, but we, people still need to buy. So then, so if people are all getting rentals and they can't afford to buy anymore, I get that they're going into the purpose built. There's the argument. Yes, people won't be able to afford. The city will get too expensive. It'll they'll go into purpose built rentals. But what about all the people who can't afford? 
if we aren't building as many condos and most of them are going to purpose-built rentals, yep. where are they going to buy? Yep. They're going to fight over – right now, the fight over land in the city is huge. Oh, yeah. That's what we're seeing right now. Oh, yeah. there's, there's only so much land. There's very, very, very few – lots that can be developed the majority of them are all infill stuff you know it's just you know uh, you're talking about in the core city Uh, throughout the 416 whatever it is the majority of stuff that will be developed is not because there's a vacant lot sitting somewhere it's because they're they're taking on um a site that already exists and and creating the highest and best use with with what they've got to work with but as far as condominiums go there's plenty of sites that can be improved that's your area of expertise and there's a ton of uh, options for builders to go into but there's just only so many resources like you said human resources to build there's well, only but, so and much there's only so many approval well and there's only Thank, so much 90%. land that's actually for sale too right and then that's the other part too is you got to somebody has to want to sell it to sell the property to, ha- to make this happen and the baby boomers eventually will want to give up the, well, the but hold on. stronghold they have on yeah but on you listen if you if, city, but... if you have a brain and you do understand that assets are getting inflated like crazy right now and it's like literally the tip of the iceberg because they can't stop the printing press right yeah why the hell would you sell your land right now true like why would you especially listen if i owned something for 40 years and i had little or no mortgage on it and i had Twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars coming in a month in rent from this little strip mall that my dad gave me. I'd gotta be a fucking moron to sell that thing. That thing should stay in the family forever, right? Mm-hmm. And just get yeah. passed down and let everybody enjoy twenty, thirty grand a month of revenue. I think everybody's everyone's got different scenarios, so it just depends it's on just short, short-term, long-term goals, stuff like that too. But, but the point is, you is can that hang on to real estate long-term, it is it is the best asset to hang on to. Well, and the point is, is that there's only so much that people will sell and there's only, and then on top of the ones that are willing to sell, it has to be development land. Like, okay, great. Some guy wants to sell his farm and it's 90 acres. Well, great. But I'm going to spend the next 10 years rezoning that thing. Yeah. Right. So downtown, I mean, if I can put together enough pieces side by side by side and still make it make sense, fine. But then, you know, like you go out to Scarborough and there's land that's abundant, but there's only so many people that want to build a lot of units in Scarborough or or Brampton or wherever. Right. That's a great point that you brought up the um, the Scarborough numbers. Let me pull them up. It's crazy. Scarborough is crazy. It's dead. dead. What do you mean? dead? It's like uh, so I'm going to just show you the numbers here because I was looking. I'm like, well, where is Scarborough? Purpose-built rental projects, Q4 2019. Oh. Proposed projects, Q4. Seven. Seven. And it's all because there's 5,000 units in uh, the one smart center development in the west uh, part of uh, Scarborough on uh, on Eglinton. But you're talking about... How many units? Proposed project, seven. And it says because um, these smart centers... Uh, largely is... comprised of more than 5,000 units planned for the Smart Center Scarborough redevelopment site. Oh, that's in the Golden Mile, yeah. Golden Mile, exactly, yeah. So That uh, whole Golden Mile is... of new units built in the past two years, right? And so now, obviously, we're seeing a lot in, a lot more increase in the Scarborough area. But really, that's that's the place to be. I think it's the place to be, for sure. Yeah. And prices are still it's cheap. The, it's the most undervalued part of the city. I really right? think it is. Yeah, that's I really think it is. Well, people are starting to now and it's really starting to heat up. And then if you look at rental numbers, like while everything else was going down, Scarborough rents actually were going up, which is pretty yeah. interesting. But I mean, there's, they there's were a, the lowest. It was the most affordable. So people needed they needed a break. No, it's but not the said, most affordable. Scarborough is the eighth most expensive city for rent in in Canada. Okay, and compared to Toronto at the time, it was the oh, most affordable. That's why it, affordable. That's why it increased, right? Because you got Galloway, you got Malvern, you got a few areas. So look, purpose-built rental projects under construction, right? Currently in Toronto, 25, North York, 3, Etobicoke, 2, East York, 1, Scarborough, 0. 0. And, yeah. and it's ripe. It's ripe. It's ripe for, yeah. for all kinds of apartment stuff. Exactly. But, so but, now let's let's go into that, where, where the um, report has suggested the easiest and best way 
for them to be able to create an abundance of supply. So what they're talking about is if they use these 950 sites that have been located throughout the, the you know entire GTA and Hamilton area. These are the uh, con were, these are the apartment sites that have extra land. Exactly. Yeah. There are um, 176,000 units without any land. Uh, Purchase. changing uh zoning or anything like that no it's, it's the cost it's the cost there's no cost associated with the land because they the own land, the exactly. land which is a... and the land's but the land's already used for apartments well that's the, the other factor yeah i guess that i don't think that's that matters factor. much but They're it's easier talking about a, a major a major change in zoning or anything like that too no zoning which you would change. know more about the height densities and stuff but either way um that's that's 176,000. what is the likelihood of all 950 sites being willing to partner up on a JV or something like that with somebody who's got the resources to be able to do a project like this. You know much, people. Much, much lower than it really should be. Much lower than it should be, but it's not, it's not, it's not very high. No, it's not high at all. Because the big business guys, if you got Smart Center coming in, if you got RioCan, you know, whoever, whoever you're partnering up with, they're going to be um, shrewd business people. Like they're going to want a deal on what they're doing and they're not they're not going to be willing to to help you out much because chances are your buildings from the 70s and it needs a lot of capital improvements i don't know how that factors in because you're building something new on the same land but what uh, i i don't think the the i think we're what like are you talking about you said jv so are you talking about inviting in a builder to come and build if something you, if, on your you land don't want to sell you you just talked about people should not sell their apartment no they shouldn't they should decades. and that's so why i'm saying it. it's Most too low it's crazy so you need to offer them an alternative and say no we need your land to build so lease us the land to build the building don't even uh, lease it to us pay us a fee to build something for whatever, you whatever 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 type of terms you need to have yeah. in order to make the contract. We've got 176,000 potential units out there to be able to build new construction that people are going to like. And the thing is purpose-built rentals are getting a premium right now above what their markets are getting because they're well-managed. They're all, it's all centralized. You're not dealing with like a, a an individual private uh, investor who's got all sorts of different things that come into play. Yeah. You've got better quality finishes in the purpose-built rentals compared to what condos are putting in. You got better, uh, services amenities management all that kind of stuff geared towards renters only so they really are nailing it in some of these uh, premium locations downtown with the purpose-built rentals yeah the problem is is uh i mean it takes the right group to be able to get funding to build this thing because there's no pre-sales that's why i'm talking about the big the big guys are the only ones who can the big guys are the only ones who can yeah. but like yeah. like listen out of all those properties that have extra land, I mean, what would the reason be to not put another building on your land? Right. Like what? what? Hi, disruption, hi. Disruption of tenants would be construction. Like it's, you're putting up 20, 30, 40, 50 stories, whatever it is. That's a, that's a, a big project. Right. Also people too, out of, out of uh, stubbornness, right. Don't want to give up a part of their land because there will be some type of. But don't give it up. Don't give it up. Just let people build on it. Yeah. Let me build you a building here, right? But yep. the problem is, is even if those hundred and seventy-six properties would be willing to, it hundred and seventy-six thousand units. It's nine hundred and fifty. Sorry. Sites. So if the nine hundred, so if a thousand sites were even yep. willing to let us build on them. Mm -hmm. It would still take five years to get the permits in this city, even though they're yeah. already apartment sites. Yeah, exactly. So it, it doesn't even like there's no scenario where we catch up. There's none. It's impossible. Not not anytime soon, because the, the robots have to catch up to be able to actually meet the, the demand. And then. Mm -hmm. The government somehow has to get on board and get rid of all the red tape that everybody has to go so that when the robots are ready, they have something to build. I mean, listen, the reality is, uh, you don't know my kids, but I'm pretty sure neither of them are going into hard labor. Right? <laughs> and I haven't met your kids, but I would guess the same thing. So, Not, a, not, not the older one, that's for sure. I mean, if, if everything else failed and I absolutely had no other choice, I would consider being a laborer, but I, my back would go out on the first day and I'd be collecting disability. Yeah. Like who's taking these jobs? 
And the immigrants that are coming in now are much more skilled and they're, they're really looking for people for, for the tech sector, right? Mm-hmm. So like, where is the labor pool? It's never, ever, 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 ever going to catch up. Just like New York. Now everybody's talking that That's people funny. I are... Was just, I was just about to mention that. Well, but it's weird. I like, about to mention I've, that. This, I've... Is, this is where New York went, you know, years ago. This is where all this is coming from. Well, it's, right? it's a natural progression. Yeah, it's a natural progression. And that's it. And I mean, people are leaving New York, but I think more people will go in. I mean, it's people are like leaving. The big story in the States is people are fleeing New York and California because the cities are not being run well. Yeah. But Toronto's actually being run pretty well. I I agree. I think. I mean, I, it, it feels like it. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't have a, to what's going on in the rest of the world, but I don't know what it would be like to live anywhere else. But I mean, I think probably people complain good. I about feel confident. I feel like people are writing home telling telling their families how great it is. Right. But let's talk. Let's talk about that. I was talking to somebody who's in uh, who's from China and they uh, were telling me that business is back to everything like it was before. Oh, yeah, in China. They're, they're pumping out anything. There's no there's no like shutdowns they've figured it out they they know what they need to do to stay safe they know how, how to handle certain protocols if you get sick they know what to do for testing they've really got it figured out and i think there's lots to learn there and i think that toronto will eventually get on track um faster than what a lot of other places especially in the states have been uh, have been dealing with well and you see already like they're willing to do what they have to do i mean this is a little I think it, w- w- what we've been doing here is like precursor, precursor, precursor. Like we, they've been priming us to build up to the lockdown and then they'll prime us back into the <laughs> lockdown. Or You know yeah, what I mean? I don't, I don't think stage two. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. That's, that's my I don't know what's uh, going to happen. Look at the, but if you look at the numbers. I think the numbers are going to go up. They're going back up to peak they're levels. Going they're going up. But, but um, it's going to be de- it's going to be dealt with in a different way. They're going to have different different way. There's uh, no full shutdown happening no, for sure. No, but they're, they're going to have they're going to have different metrics. To, so they're right now they've been it's whack-a-mole. Like, <laughs> they've been saying like a certain percentage of people are under 40, right? Yeah. So like they're kind of giving out these different types of uh, statistics in order for people to kind of understand a little bit more about it. And at at first it was long-term care and all that stuff, so we were not very fearful. Now they're saying no, young healthy people are getting the virus kids right? babies but then they're they're talking dogs. about percentages going into hospital it's a percentage of them having to be hospitalized so now it's a greater number of people have to be hospitalized today oh, is than uh, percentage wise oh, than there that were, was were before down. right i so, thought that no, was number going of, down i think the number of people being hospitalized is um going down i thought so the I think, number of people being hospitalized and the number of deaths was going down but the cases were starting to go through the roof yeah. Okay. I, I, I think I, it's what, not as what severe. I, what I read was what I read was exactly what I read was that is that even though case numbers are a lot lower than they were before, there are people who are getting sicker. I think what it is is people are getting more comfortable going to hospitals. Nobody was in the hospitals before. Everyone's like hospital. No way. I'm staying yeah. at home. I'm going to call telehealth. They're going to tell me what to do. I'm not going to the hospital. That's where I'm going to die. Yeah. But now people are like, okay, well, I heard nobody's there, so maybe I'll go check in, and you know, they can take care of me and stuff too. I think well, that's well. I think we're being more educated, and we're starting to see like, okay, maybe we don't have to be that scared. We just have to be smart. And if we're Con- smart, yeah, we're yeah. If we're contact cautious, tracing is working, right? Yeah. Something somebody gets a case, and and somebody Unless, knows about it. You were talking about the hockey rink. It doesn't work if you went to a strip club. It doesn't work if you gave a fake name and phone number. Or or no name. Yeah. And then the wedding. I swear, know, honey, I wasn't there. I read yeah, an article about a guy who gave his brother's information. And then the brother <laughs> got a call. No. <laughs> and his wife went bananas. What are you doing there? <laughs> I swear, I swear. Fake name, listeners, when you give a fake name at the strip club for contact tracing, don't give your brother's real name and phone number. No. Not a good idea. No. Even if you guys look similar. Don't if, throw them under the bus. Don't throw them under the bus. <laughs> Isn't that funny, Not though? Hilarious. Yeah. No. I'm, I mean, we're in interesting I, times. I don't know how you open up a strip club in this, but anyways. I mean, there's... That's the last place that, that needs to be open. That should be just like a bar or, or a rest or a um, nightclub, no? Like, you'd think dancing. There's people dancing in there. Just It's one-sided. One person dances. The other person doesn't. I think the one of the main reasons to go there is for some form of human contact right i think i Listen, mean i don't I'm really go sure. i that's get plenty I, of contact that's what i read yeah yeah i don't so. know what they're like in there 
I'm afraid. Yeah, that's weird. But, uh, you know, either way, all that stuff is working. So I'm no I've noticed the contact tracing when they're announcing things and they're like, people who are here, da, da, da. And so it's just going to make people more cautious. Because if I found out that I was in a place with COVID-19, I'm not going to live my life the same way over the next two weeks. I'm going to take extra precaution. I'm going to put in extra. Maybe I'm going to quarantine if I'm like, if they're like, you shook hands with a guy or something, whatever it is. But if I just found out that I was in, in that location, then I would definitely rethink. I just haven't heard that yet. Nobody well, said to me that I've even been near the virus yet. Like there's no, yeah. there's nothing. Did you, did you hear about, uh, which gym was it? There's like some employees from one of the big gyms. Um, good life. I think it was that were saying like, they are not following the policies here. Like this is not safe at all. Yeah. Our gyms, our gyms, not, not necessarily following. Although this week at, at uh, jujitsu, they had everything was all the kids classes. I brought my son in and everything and everything was very solo spaced out. Uh, they even had some, some grading, like some testing and stuff. Like all solo kids weren't touching each other. Weren't, weren't So I was, I was impressed with that. That was pretty neat. Um, but I know I've seen lots of examples of, you know, slippery slopes that, uh, if there was an issue, this would lead to uh, to further exposure. But I mean, at the end of the day, people people are going to take their own risks, which is why I'm super grateful that this is not going to apply to businesses. I don't want to see any other businesses suffer. I I, I just they know, there's so many people I know who are on the brink of of disaster. I'm I'm dealing with a lot of people right now who are older, so they're um, they've got businesses that have been around for a long time, and they're deciding that this is now a good time to shut down. As they as they've maybe been winding down, planning on retirement, whatever it is. We're seeing that, but it's when the young people, the guys who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, who planned on being in business another 20 years, um, when they're starting to talk about shutting down, that's those are sad stories. Well, and now the government announced a program to buy uh, restaurants heaters for their patios just to mm -hmm. extend this patio season a little bit. Because when, when there's no more patios, like, yeah, bye bye restaurants restaurants are going to struggle yeah i had a great dinner on the danforth two weekends ago you know it was just it was so exciting you're kind of just right on the street there and people are going by in and out and you feel like you're you're at a restaurant and you're enjoying it just like anything else but you're on the sidewalk you're on the sidewalk and your server <laughs> looks like a alien robot it was okay i was happy food was great were they wearing a shield or just a mask Sula's, uh, modern uh, greek cuisine boom um i think that was a mask but most of the i've seen a lot of the clear shields right that looks funny i think the go with the mask people don't 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 wear them um uh wear the mask that covers your face it's okay we can see your eyes you got you got pretty eyes but uh when i see men and women wearing just the spit shields yeah, no it has to be face. a combo no both it looks, it looks a little strange my mom gave me we went uh we went for rosh hashanah quasi dinner last night outside yeah. on my mom's patio Yep. It was it was weird. My parents were at one table and we were at another table, like ten feet apart. Yeah. My, my I'm mom. I'm sure the holiday this this year was a little bit different for everybody. It's so crazy. I gotta like put on a mask to go into my mom's washroom. I gotta spray everything down after. It's like. Yeah. My parents are like nervous too, especially with our kids going to school now. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is just so crazy. Anyways, let's end with a prediction. Okay. I would like to know. Yes. If you think in the next four weeks, whether or not the school system will be open or closed. I would not be surprised if they close, but I think it will be open. It won't shock me. I won't be like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, go figure. I think that um, there will be some schools that close. There will be some outbreaks where they're forced to close the school system itself, TDSB or the government. I do not believe will mandate all schools be closed again. That's not my prediction. So your your prediction is that they will be open. They'll stay open. Yeah. I will take the opposite end of that. Damn you, Daryl. I will bet you one Canadian loony. I'm not, I'm not a gambling man, me but neither. I'd like to have pride. But on I'm okay with one dollar. Four weeks for me to be right on the on that episode, come mid to late October. We will review this. Yes, this okay. will be reviewed. Okay. All right, cool. Well, that that went all soon. over the place. That was yeah, it's okay. That was interesting. Very interesting. I, had I liked fun. Uh, I liked our uh, you know our topics today. Was there anything that we did not talk about? 
We'll bring it up next week. Yeah, one, the one thing I want to talk about, we'll bring it up next week. There's Another a, thing I want to talk about. There's a lot of condo launches coming down the pipe. Yeah, let's let's get into it next we Sunday. We will get into it, baby. All right, I All will right. talk Thanks, to Darryl. you later. Talk to you soon. New on Curiosity Stream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.